Hello, this is Dean Hess, editor of Respiratory Care. Welcome to the November 2016 podcast. Our editor's choice paper by Pinceroli et al. is a randomized controlled clinical study of endotracheal tubes cleaned with a novel mechanism for secretion removal. They found that a device for endotracheal tube cleaning was safe and it effectively prevented luminal occlusion. Kakao and colleagues point out that, although this device has potential for use in clinical practice, it is necessary to investigate other important outcomes, such as mortality and cost. Volume-targeted non-invasive ventilation is a hybrid mode that delivers a preset target tidal volume through the automated adjustment of pressure support. The effectiveness of volume-targeted non-invasive ventilation in improving ventilatory status in subjects with acute hypercapnic respiratory failure was evaluated by Chow and colleagues. They found that volume-targeted non-invasive ventilation or pressure-limited non-invasive ventilation provided similar support in subjects with acute hypercapnic respiratory failure. In their editorial, Fratt and Thiel suggest that we cannot exclude the possibility that a volume-targeted mode may be beneficial in patients with acute alterations of respiratory mechanical properties, or in the case of hypercapnic encephalopathy with altered respiratory drive. The objective of the study by Morgan and colleagues was to assess the feasibility, safety, and efficacy of continuous high-frequency oscillation therapy in mechanically ventilated pediatric patients. Their findings suggest that this therapy may be beneficial by improving lung compliance in pediatric patients with secretion-induced atelectasis. Prospective clinical studies are needed to further evaluate clinical efficacy and safety in children receiving mechanical ventilation. Laloche et al. evaluated an innovative closed-loop system that automatically adjusts the oxygen flow for subjects with COPD, such as during ambulatory conditions. They found that automatic titration of oxygen flow during walking to maintain SpO2 in a specified range improved oxygenation and may improve exercise tolerance during daily activity compared to a fixed oxygen administration. Gamma-glutamol transferase, or GGT, is an enzyme present in cell membranes that is used as a biomarker in prediction of inflammation, myocardial infarction, stroke, and cardiac death. Boskus et al. evaluated the relationship between serum levels of GGT and cardiovascular disease in subjects with COPD. Their results demonstrate that serum levels of GGT may be helpful in grading the severity of COPD as a marker of oxidative stress. There was also a strong correlation between high serum levels of GGT and cardiovascular events in subjects with COPD. Kaneko and colleagues assessed reduced chest and abdominal wall mobility and its relationship to lung function, respiratory muscle strength, and exercise tolerance in subjects with COPD. The majority of subjects with COPD had reduced chest and abdominal wall mobility, which was independently associated with forced vital capacity. Even though abdominal wall mobility was relatively preserved compared to chest wall mobility, it was also independently associated with six-minute walk distance. 
Gunne et al. investigated the predictor role of plasma levels of lipid parameters and atherogenic indices on the development of atherosclerosis in subjects with COPD. They found that atherogenic indices could be considered a helpful predictor for atherosclerosis and cardiovascular diseases in patients with stable COPD. Static and functional balance in individuals with COPD was evaluated by DeCastro and colleagues. They compared static and functional balance in subjects with COPD and healthy controls. Individuals with COPD had worse static and functional balance in comparison to controls. Sex can mediate these results depending on the type of balance evaluation, either force platform or functional test. Balance performance was similar among the groups classified according to disease severity. Nakahara and colleagues conducted an observational propensity-matched cohort study using a nationwide database to evaluate the mortality-reducing effect of rehabilitation for subjects with COPD. They found that rehabilitation contributed to a reduction in in in-hospital mortality. The objective of the study by McCartney and colleagues was to better characterize the response of residual volume and total lung capacity to bronchodilators used to assess reversibility in obstructive lung disease. They found that a significant number of subjects classified as being non-responsive based on spirometry had reversible residual volumes. The identification of this subgroup better characterizes the heterogeneity of obstructive lung disease. Guan et al. investigated the diagnostic value of impulse oscillometry and spirometric small airway parameters and their correlation with radiology, disease severity, and sputum bacteriology in mild to moderate bronchiectasis. Impulse oscillometry and spirometric small airway parameters had similar diagnostic value in reflecting peripheral airway disorders and correlated with chest high-resolution computed tomography scores, the bronchiectasis severity index, and the number of bronchiectatic lobes in mild to moderate bronchiectasis. Blagov and colleagues determined the difference in PFT interpretation when the largest measured vital capacity, or VC max, was used instead of forced vital capacity. There were 6% of PFTs that had a different interpretation when VC max was used instead of forced vital capacity. Thus, evaluating borderline ambiguous PFTs using the VC max may be informative in diagnosing obstruction and excluding restriction. The impact of mechanical ventilation on lung volumes and maximal respiratory pressures in subjects with Duchenne muscular dystrophy was evaluated by Brazil Santos and colleagues. Home mechanical ventilation was followed by slowing of the declines in vital capacity and in maximal static inspiratory and expiratory pressures. Keenan and colleagues assessed the effect of compartmental asymmetry on the monitoring of pulmonary mechanics and lung volumes. In mechanically ventilated swine, they modeled unilateral atelectasis and unilateral and bilateral lung injury exposed to intra-abdominal hypertension. Transpulmonary pressure tracked aerated lung volume in the setting of thoracic asymmetry and changes in intra-abdominal hypertension. 
However, transpulmonary pressure alone cannot distinguish the relative contributions of airspace distension and recruitment of lung units. This month we published a systematic review of the respiratory effects of inhalational marijuana. We also publish a meta-analysis related to whole body vibration for patients with COPD. To receive the contents of this and past issues of the journal, visit our website at www.rcjournal.com. There you can also subscribe to receive podcasts of future issues.